Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Oh, man, it's so good to see y'all. I'm glad y'all are here. Glad to be back home and to Grove Town in South Augusta. Can we give it up for all the campuses and watching online? We're so glad that you are here in church today. I, I'm just elated and excited to be back home. Um, I said this at the first service, and I'll say uh, publicly what I say privately. I am just so grateful and honored um, that Patty and uh, Marty Baker are my pastors. Outside of Jesus and my father, uh, Pastor Marty has been the most influential person in my world. And um, the success you see is because... Um, you have invested and poured into me, and so I'm grateful, and I honor you today. Can we honor your pastor and my pastor? So good to be with you guys, and I, I just want to share a quick um, word with you. If you have your Bible, stand with me. We're going to Luke, the 11th chapter. Um, I see so many familiar faces. Uh, I just want to say how much I love you guys and miss you and appreciate you. Luke, the 11th chapter starting at the 27th verse. It's a story within a story. And it says, as he was saying these things, he being Jesus, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nurse. But he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. I want to talk to you for a few moments about changing your perspective about favor, the truth about God's favor in your life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I was reading a story the other day about um, the FBI during the 1960s. In the late 1960s, uh, it was a time of tension, uh, not only locally, not only internally, nationally, but globally. And during that season, there were security ports that were going, security memos that were going to the top of the organization. J. Edgar Hoover was the director of the FBI, and they were going to him daily just to keep him informed about what's going on. And one day, the security report went up to him, and he scribbled quickly back on that report and that memo and sent it out to everybody saying, watch the borders. Everybody began to be frantic. They, the phones were ringing off the hook in the FBI, and they're wondering, what does he mean about watch the borders? What is going on? What do we not know about? Is something happening in Mexico? Is something happening in Canada? Are the Russians trying to come up? What is happening here? Uh, uh, why do we need to watch the borders? They call, started calling everybody they could, the NSA, CIA, uh, Scooby-Doo, everybody they could to try to find out what was going on on the borders. 
Lo and behold, friends, what they didn't realize is J. Edgar Hoover was somebody who was particular about the margins on his paper. 12 point font and an inch and a half margins. And when he said watch the borders, he was talking about the borders of the paper and not the borders of the country. See, friends, they knew the words, but they didn't understand the context. They had instructions, but they didn't know how to apply them. They needed some clarity. And every now and then in our lives, we need some clarity. Like when you have the group project, you need clarity on who's doing what. Or when, when uh, it's time to, to go out and they say, don't stay out too late. You need clarity on how late is too late. Or at the uh, birthday party dinner and it's time to split the check. We need clarity on how we're splitting it, especially because I only had water. And then uh, after a few dates, we need clarity on your intentions because we don't have time to waste. See, clarity helps with our understanding. Clarity takes what was foggy and makes it crystal clear. In our biblical passage this morning, Jesus is trying to dispel uh, false information about God's blessing and favor in our lives. This is a story within a story. This is a larger picture of what Jesus is doing. In the beginning of chapter 11, Jesus is teaching them how to pray. And then he goes down and begins to teach even more. And he's casting out demons. He is functioning in his full God, son, divinity, modality. He is doing everything to uh, show them that he is the son of God, the savior of the world without saying it explicitly. And this woman is mesmerized. She is caught up in a rapture. He, she is enthralled. And from the pit of her belly, she screams out, blessed is your mama. And the woman who raised you, in that short expression, she was distributing and explaining to us what she thought about favor. And friends, scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. And that your thinking affects your living and your thinking affects what you do and how you perceive. And so if we're going to perceive the correct way, we've got to understand and think the right way. And after she says what she says, Jesus uses this word, but. And whenever you see but in scripture, but is a negating word. What it means is everything that was said before is canceled by what is going to be said next. And Jesus heard what she said and she said, wait a minute. He said, wait a minute, but it's not the way you think about favor. No, the person who is blessed and favored by God is the one who hears the word and obeys it. And friends. I want to talk to you a little bit about what favor isn't and what isn't because I know that God wants to do something incredible in your life. And in order for us to walk through that the way he has designed it, we've got to have understanding and changing our thinking. Here's what Romans 12 and 2. We've got to re renew our minds and think the way that he designed for us to think. Here, here are three quick things about strongholds or lies that we believe about favor. The first one is. Favor is not what you do. One of the ways the enemy lulls us into a place of complacency and lulls us into a false sense of thinking that God is with us is because we see natural success in our lives. 
Friends, scripture says that gifts are without repentance, that you can be naturally gifted at something and God is nowhere in it. And the most dangerous place to be is in a naturally successful place without the favor of God on your life. Because if you do it on your own, somebody else can come and destroy it. But if God opens the door, if God makes the way, if God builds the house, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Favor is not what you do. Favor is also not who you know. We, we spend so much time trying to keep up with the Joneses and try to connect with the right person in order to elevate ourselves. Can I tell you, God sees you right where you are. David was in a shepherd field all alone in isolation, but God has his eye on him. And when it was his time, God brought him to where he was supposed to be. Favor is not about who you know. And probably the biggest lie about favor, and we can see it oozing out of this woman's uh, explanation or her response, is favor is not just for a limited, select few people. You see, if we're honest in this room, we'll believe that God can favor our neighbor. God can favor the person we see on TV. God can favor the person we see with a lot of followers and uh, likes. But if we're honest, sometimes we question if God can favor me. If the stories in scripture, the blessings in scripture are really for me. And the good news, friends, that I've come by to tell you is that God desires to favor your life. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm talking about the fact that there is a God in heaven who has a plan for your life. In fact, Jeremiah 29 and 11 says it like this. For I know the plans that I have for you, says God. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God wants to do good things, not only in your life, but every life connected to you and every generation that is connected to you. God desires to show Show forth his favor in your life. But how does that happen? What, 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 what does that even mean? What is favor, right? Because favor is not the car, the house, or the promotion. That, that is a, a supplement or a byproduct of favor. If I can give you a working definition of what favor is, favor is the approval, acceptance, love, and blessing of God in your life. Favor is God's presence manifested and tangible in your life. And the truth is, friends, God wants you to walk in his favor. Not just for a moment, but for a lifetime. He desires for you to experience his favor on a daily basis. And here are four truths about favor that I believe will help shape your life and help you never be the same from this day forward, that you're going to walk in his favor from this day forward. Here's the first thing, is that God's favor is for everyone. And I, I need this to be crystal clear in your life and in your world, because if you miss this part, you'll never be able to see what God wants to do fully in your life. You've got to believe that God desires to favor me, not just by accident, but on purpose. God wants to visit my life and wants to do something in my world, in my marriage, in my children, in my career. God desires to favor me. And it's for everyone. It, it's not just for the limited few. You know, uh, we, uh, my wife and I, Tiana, she's here with me and all our boys. And, you know, it's funny, Mojay got here and he's like, uh, daddy, um, 
yeah, I like this church better than your church. And I'm like, how does that feel as a father and pastor of the church? He's more excited to go where, yeah, whatever. So we've been uh, parents of three boys for uh, seven months, two weeks, six three days, six hours, 42 minutes, and it's been a good journey. Um, we're on the Landrum plan. We have, uh, uh, have three boys, and we went from zone uh, man-to-man defense to zone defense, and uh, it's been the worst of times and the best of times. It's been wonderful. Two babies pooping at the same time, great stuff, but two babies smiling at the same time, you know, it's good stuff. Well, I had our two oldest uh, the other day, and uh, they wanted dipping Dots, and the closest place for us for Dippin' Dots was about 25 minutes away. And so we all got uh, in the car, me and Moje and Maverick, and we got in the car and we drove to Dippin' Dots. And I went and got the Dippin' Dots out of the mall and put them back in the car. And I began to hand Moje his Dippin' Dots in the car, y'all. And I handed the Moje and I just saw Maverick's face, y'all. And you've seen that meme with the boy with the one tear coming down his face. And Maverick didn't say anything, but I just saw it and I saw it like a movie. And I imagined he was looking at me like, and I heard it in the color purple voice. He said, Daddy, you don't got no ice cream for me. Why not? You gonna treat me like that, Daddy? I was so sad. But here was the issue. Maverick saw my right hand was giving Moje ice cream. And he was so focused on what my right hand was doing, he missed what I was carrying in my left hand. He, see, see, he missed that I had ice cream for him in my other hand. And friends, sometimes we do the exact same thing with God. We get so focused on what God is doing in somebody else's life, we miss that God has a plan for our life. We get so focused on how God is moving in somebody else's world in life that we miss the fact that he's got something right there for us too. Instead of focusing on what he's doing in somebody else's world, Let us focus and open our hearts and attention to what he desires to do in your life. And I know there are some barriers to this. You know, we just sang a song about strongholds being moved. And Pastor Marty says it like this. A stronghold is a lie that we believe. And sometimes we believe that our past limits what God can do in our world. Can I tell you what the scripture says? That there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And you highlight your flaws and your faults. But can I tell you again what the scripture says is that God's strength works best in your weakness. And that there are no limits to what God wants to do in your life. And let me say it like this. Is God's favor or moving in your life is not limited by your circumstance. It's not limited by your life circumstance. I don't know where you find yourself today, what you've been going through, your experience, the, the road that you're traveling, the, the, the things that you're enduring. But what I do know is that there is not a limit to God's ability to move in your life. Paul understood this. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to his power at work within us. It's his power that does the work of favor in our lives and his favor is for everyone. And and, and this is clear. This is something Peter had a hard time understanding. Here's what he says in Acts 10, 34 through 35. He has this epiphany 
after Cornelius's encounter, he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And friends, I want you to know today that God's favor His acceptance, his love and approval for you is available to you today. And anything otherwise is a lie from the enemy. He loves you. He accepts you and he approves of you today. And he desires for his favor to walk through your world and to be manifested in your life. But but how does that happen? How, How do we navigate that? The second thing or truth about favor is God's favor is received by faith. It it happens by faith. This is the story of Abraham, y'all. Paul quotes uh, Abraham or talks about Abraham in Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. He says, for the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and counted as righteous because of his faith. Paul is really quoting Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. God comes to Abraham after, mm, you know. 20 something years of waiting on a promise and said, Abraham, that thing I told you that I was going to do for you is about to happen for you. Now, personally, at this point, Abraham is late nineties. Um, I would have told God, you know what? You can have it. Jesus. I'm, I'm 99. I, you know, I really don't feel like changing a diaper at this point in my journey. Can, uh, you do that to somebody else? You know, I'm in retirement age. This is not the time for you to be doing a new thing. But God said, this is the moment friends. Everything about Abraham's experience said it shouldn't have happened. He was old. His wife was old. There were no medical doctors or procedures that would help him. No IVF, none of that stuff. How, how is this going to happen? Yet Abraham chose to believe God. I, I don't know your story and your storm. I don't know what you're facing, what seems impossible for you, but here's what you have the opportunity to do is to believe God. Yeah, I, I know it looks like the economy is a little shaky. Uh, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Believe God. I, I know your resume and the job posting don't align all that well, but I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to believe God. Believe God. F- faith Here's uh, Romans 10 and 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've got to hear God's word for it to become alive and active in my life. And I'm glad you come to church. I'm glad you are hearing a message today and you hear a message each and every week. But can I tell you, some of you, the most spiritual thing you can do after today is make a commitment to read your Bible daily. Make a commitment to read your Bible daily because every day God has something to say to you. Every day God has something to share with you. And this word of faith is actually the fuel for what God wants to do in your life. You can't accept God's favor without hearing a word from the Lord to receive God's favor. It comes by faith. It's activated. Faith is activated in our lives by the word of God. You know, and if we don't receive that, if we don't hear God's word, if we don't read God's word, we're missing out on what God wants to do. Here's a, a comedian named Kevin Hart. He's um, famous now. But when he was first starting out, he said to his mom, he said, Mom, I'm going to give this thing a try. Will you help me for one year with my bills and all that stuff so that I can make it? 
Well, when he first started out, he blew up really quickly and he didn't need her help. The first six months, everything's going well. He's making money, but then everything just began to dry up. And he goes to his mom and says, mom, remember that deal we had? Can, can you help me out? Can you make this thing work for me? And his mom looked at him and said, have you read your Bible? He said, mom, what, what does reading my Bible have to do with this rent money that I need and the, the electric? Can you help me? And she said, go read your Bible. And after you read your Bible, we'll talk about it. And he left upset. He said, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, she can't tell me what. To do. Well, a month and a half goes by and he still needs some money. He goes to mama and said, mom, please, can you help me? I, I, I got an eviction notice. Can you help me? And she said, have you read your Bible? He said, no, I haven't read it. And he leaves upset and he goes home and he sees the eviction notice and he says, you know what? I'm just going to read this thing. He opens his Bible and out comes from his Bible six rent checks that his mama had put in there and it falls out. And and I know some of you in here right now, next time my kids ask me for money, I'm going to put it in the Bible and see if they find it. But here's what she was trying to teach him. Not only, hey, if you listen to me, things will work out for you. But the the real principle is that what you need is found in his word. What what you need, the healing you need, the encouragement you need, the emotional uh, support you need, the things that you need in this life is found in the word of God. And if we are going to experience God's favor, we've got to embrace his word that will tell us and help us experience the favor of God. Here's the truth. God's word contains the promises and blessings needed for our lives. God's word. It contains the promises and blessings that you need for your life. The promises of God. The yes and amen of God, the things that he wants to do, if you want to peek into your future, uh, and I know you you should hear this message. Scripture says you got a more sure word of prophecy, his word of God. And what I do practically is I read through the Bible with a group of my friends every year. And now this year we're reading through it uh, with our church on the Bible app, the Version app, and uh, it's helpful for me because if I miss a couple of days, I get a text message with the eyeball emojis and, oh, the pastor not reading his word today. Yes, I read my word, but not on the Version. but it helps keep me accountable so that I am always in this book to receive what God wants to say to me. And I want to challenge you to get in his book daily so that you can experience and receive what God wants to do in your life and in your world. Here's the third thing, friends, is that obedience, God's favor is amplified by obedience. Obedience is the key to see the amplification of God's favor in your life. Obedience is the way. You know, um, there's a story in 1 Samuel 15, the first king of Israel, Sam, uh, Saul, was an individual who was somebody like many of us today. We, like, we have our plan, and we go to God and say, well, no, y'all super saved and sanctified folk, but let me talk about myself. A lot of times, what I like to do is say, Let me make my plan, and Lord, do you see this cake that I bake? Will you bless this and make this what you want it to be in my life? Would you do this and make this uh, something that helps me and pushes me forward? And, and, And the problem with that is 
It is pride in disguise because what we're telling God is my way is better than your way, God. And the real friction point in our lives is do you believe God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life? Saul didn't. And what he would do, and I tell guys, I coach and I mentor, I say this, partial obedience is still disobedience. And delayed obedience is still disobedience. And there are three things that move God. Three, three things in scripture that consistently move God. It is faith, repentance, and obedience. God shows up when people have faith. God shows up when people repent. And God shows up and honors his word when people obey. And if we want to see God's favor amplified in our life, we've got to be people who are willing to obey his word. Can I tell you, some of the delay in your life is not God's desire, but it's our willingness to obey the last thing he told us to do. Have you apologized to that person the Lord told you to apologize to? Have you started doing the last thing God told you to do? Friends. I don't care how much Bible you can quote. I'm looking to see how much Bible you can live. It it doesn't matter if you have information, if you can't apply that information. And we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives when we believe right, but don't do right. James says it like this. Faith without works is dead. And your obedience to God's word is the real measure of your faith. You want to know how I know what you believe is based on what you do. James in another place says it like this, James 1 and 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And the challenge is, um, let me say for me, the challenge is a lot of times God will take you on a route that doesn't look like the route that you want to go on, right? Uh, In the book of Exodus, it's funny. It it says that God did not take them on the shortest route. He took them on the roundabout way. And sometimes we feel like God takes us on the roundabout way in life. I I was driving with my son the other day, my oldest son, Moje, and he he was trying to tell me direction. Y'all ever have a backstreet? driver who's trying to tell you where to go and you have been there before he said no daddy you got to go straight no daddy you got to go straight but what he didn't understand is uh friends we live in atlanta now and i just want y'all to be so grateful for every time it backs up just a little bit on washington road just say thank you jesus that you don't have to deal with 20 285 78 29 all the kind of backup that is in atlanta it, it i have more faith today than I did a year ago because of the patience that I have to exhibit on the road in Atlanta. But he's telling me, no, daddy, you got to go this way. You got to go that way. And I'm saying, son, you don't understand because I know at this point during the day that there will be a major traffic jam. 
So I am going to take a left here that will allow us to go away from what would have stalled us and derailed us in order to get you to the destination that we were always headed to. Can I tell you, this is what God is trying to do in some of your lives. You can't see what's going on up ahead. But God says, I know the plans that I have for you. I will lead you and instruct you in the book of Isaiah. He said, you will hear my voice telling you whether to go to the left or to the right. He is trying to help you get to the destination that he has planned for you but it takes obedience it requires for us to be willing to obey what God wants to do in our life and if you don't hear anything else today here's what I want you to understand is when I obey God's word I position myself to receive the best of what God has for me when I obey God I do what he wants me to do. I position myself to receive the best of what he has for me. Uh, you know, when I, uh, we were coming here in 2018, uh, it was interesting because right before that, I felt and sensed that God had called me to be a lead pastor, and I knew that was where we were going, and I, I was excited about it. But it was Stevens Creek and an opportunity to be a lead pastor. And I'm looking at it. I'm saying, God, it's right here. It's what you promised me is what you said I was called to do. And God said, go to Stevens Creek. I said, oh, okay, God, this seems counterintuitive for me to go there instead of going to what you called me to. But friends, if I would have disobeyed God in that moment, I would have missed all of what God wanted to do in the last three years and positioned me. If you do it your own way, you will always have a limit in the lid less than what God wants to do. But if you're willing to submit your ways to the Lord, he will establish your plans and he will do far beyond what you can imagine and do in your own strength. My daddy used to say it like this, that God will put his super on your natural and it will accelerate you further and faster than you could ever go on your own if you obey God he will do wonders in your life if you obey God you will see him open doors if you obey God he will make rivers in the desert he will make ways in the wilderness he will open doors that only he could open in your life but it requires obedience here's a verse that I want you to commit to memory it's in your notes circle it highlight it Here's what Isaiah 1 and 19 says. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. I don't know whose word that is for today, but some of you, there's some of you in this room who've been struggling. You feel like you've been walking around the same thing over and over and over again. The word of the Lord for you today is if you consent and obey, if you stay faithful, you are going to eat of the best of the land. He's going to do what nobody else can do in your world if you are willing to receive his instructions and obey. Here's the fourth and final thing, friends, and this is the best part of this story. What, what this woman thought, Jesus was talking about, she thought it was all about Mary and what Mary was doing and how Mary was moving uh, and did for Jesus. And she missed the real thing. The real God's greatest gift of favor is Jesus. Th this is the, if you want to sum up favor in one word, it's Jesus. You, you want to sum up the, God's blessing in one word, it's Jesus. I love the play on words that Jesus does here. He says, blessed is the one who hears the word and obeys it. In John chapter 1, we're told that the word was made flesh and 
dwelt among us. That Jesus is that word of God. And if you want to receive God's favor, it happens and only is access through the person of Jesus. The the favor of God for your life. The the biggest place of favor is found in Jesus. And I want to take a moment and pause here because I want to talk to you whether you're online watching at at Grove Town in, in South Augusta. If you're in the room in the overflow That the access to what you want to see God do next in your life happens through the person of Jesus. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you got dragged here. Somebody forced you here. However you got here. And you're exploring faith and exploring Christianity. I want to tell you that God loves you. And he desires to be in relationship with you. In the beginning, he created you to be in relationship with him. But sin caused separation between us and God. And God didn't just leave us separated from himself, but he had a plan to put things right which were broken. And he sent Jesus to experience what you've experienced. He experienced the highs of highs and the lows of lows. He experienced love and he experienced uh, betrayal and hurt. And when he saw our sins, he chose a cross and he died in our place. He gave up his life so that we could have forgiveness of sins. So that we could be reconnected back to the father. But he didn't just stay dead. See, on the third day, he rose from the grave so that we could have power over sin and life everlasting. And today is the day that you can decide to receive the greatest gift of favor. That is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I know there are so many excuses, so many things that may be said, but here's what I want you to know. If you're broken, he can put you back together. If you're restless, he can give you rest. If you've got chaos going on, he can give you peace. If you've got uh, storms and wounds, he can bring healing. Wherever you are, he has this great exchange. He will take your broken pieces and make them whole. He will take what has been burned up and is called ashes in your life. And he'll make beauty out of it. In a moment, we're going to pray. And I want to pray for two groups of people today I want to pray for you if you need to make a decision to follow Jesus and receive his favor today but I also want to pray for each and every person here that just needs a touch of God's favor in your life I believe God wants to do something special in your world and today is going to be a day that you mark that you'll never be the same This is the day that things started turning. This is the day that things started changing. This is the day that I received all of what God wants to do in my life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that has been shared today. Thank you for the opportunity that we've had to change our thinking and perspective on favor. Lord, we're so grateful that your favor is available to anyone who believes. God, would you help us to receive this by faith? 
God, I pray that every stronghold, every faulty thinking, every lie that says that we're not good enough, that, that, that we can't, that God won't do it, would you tear it down and replace it with your truth? That we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned long ago. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, I pray that you would give us a desire to obey you. Would you remove every hindrance, God, every, every sin or uh, uh, things that easily besets us or trips us up and we'd be able to walk in your peace, walk in your strength. But ultimately, God, we need to receive Jesus. And God, I pray for the person that needs to say yes to Jesus today. I pray for the person that maybe have wandered and have come back. I pray today will be their day. And if that's you, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, change me. Save me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. Forgive me of my sins. I believe on you today. And I receive your salvation today. And Father, right now, every person under the sound of my voice, every person who is even watching it on replay, I pray the favor of God to hit their house like never before. That, Lord, you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they don't have room to receive, God. That you would do an acceleration in their life, God. I pray for an explosive growth. I pray, God, that you would expand them. I hear the words of Isaiah right now, that they would break out on the left and on the right, God. That there would be, Lord Jesus, a move of your spirit not for our credit but that you would be glorified that your name would be lifted up that you would draw people to you God I pray for miraculous work I pray for healing God I pray for signs and wonders God I pray that you would do your work in the lives of your people let this be a day that marks things changing in their world that you will be praised to your glory and honor in Jesus mighty name we pray and every heart say amen amen and amen God bless you today thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the give button see you next time